Can you hear me? Okay. <clears throat> this has been a fairly difficult lesson to get together, or sermon to get together, because it came to me in pieces. And so, uh, <clears throat> it just came to me in my life. You know, just it wasn't some grand thing that came from just way out there. It was just as I walked, these things began to come into my life, an understanding, and revelation began to come in. Uh, in December, and thank, at Christmas, my friend Georgia sent me communion cups for Christmas, those little cups with the cracker. And I thought, this is kind of an unusual Christmas gift, and I appreciated it. And I poured them in a crystal bowl. And I'll, I'll, let me pray, and then I'll tell you the story. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you so much for the Holy Spirit, for revelation knowledge, for the way you do things, Lord. Because truly, if it was ordinary, we'd just think it was us or just ordinary. But this is extraordinary, Father. Your life in us, through us, is extraordinary. The revelation of the Holy Spirit, it comes from afar. And you drop it into our, to our thinking, and then we ponder it, and out of there comes the sermon. Amazing stuff, God. You're amazing, and I thank you for giving me this tonight. Um. I wasn't going to start with the story about Georgia, but I will. Georgia and I have been very good friends. We're good friends in Bible college. And uh, she and I talk. We have a scheduled time to talk. And we allow two to three hours to talk on the phone. And it's, it's, we schedule it. And she's a teacher. I'm a teacher. And so we share spiritual things back and forth. It's godly. It's just wonderful, and it's, it's a precious relationship to both of us. And so when she sent me these communion cups, I didn't, you know, think, weird, you know. I just thought, oh, this is nice, you know. And uh, so our fast for the church was starting, and so I thought, I'll just take communion every day. And so as I would I'd be making my coffee or getting ready to make coffee, I'd go by and get me one of those cups, and I would open it up, and I would pause, and I would remember what it was about. I would remember. I'd bring to my mind what that was about, and I'd focus, and, and uh, in my mind's eye, I would see Jesus on the cross. I would see him there. I'd see the shed blood and I would thank him for it from the gratitude in my heart. You know, it just was precious. Well, I began to notice something happening. For days, and, you know, the, the fast was three, uh, three weeks. So for days, I would just be kind of consistently in this higher way of thinking. I had lifted, in the first of the day, I'd lifted and elevated my thought life. And the, the message, the, the name of this, uh, this is called the power of our thoughts. Well, it just helped me to, to, sustain, to sustain that. 
Well, I thought, this is just, this is really something. This is spiritual. This is, this is something I didn't know communion could do in, in, the, in the remembrance of it. Well, Sunday before last was our day to talk, Sunday afternoon. And I called, Georgia and I called, I can't remember who called who, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, we were talking and I said, Georgia, I want to tell you what has happened to me with the fast. During the fast, I was taking communion. And uh, she said, I didn't tell you, but I bought me some cups too. And when I knew that, when I told her that I had put them in a crystal bowl, well, she said, I did that too. I, I listened to what you said and I put them in a prominent position in our houses. And we, unbeknownst to the other, were taking these every day. Well, she had a similar experience. And we thought that was great. Well, another Sunday passed, and our Saturday, the following Saturday happened, and her phone rang. And it was a friend of hers there in Michigan. Her name is Yolanda. Two years ago, when I went to visit Georgia, I met Yolanda at a luncheon. We talked briefly, and, you know, hardly more than, hello, I'm glad to meet you. But Yolanda was telling her on this phone call, she said, Georgia, she said, I had a dream. And I woke up out of the dream because I heard Joy talking. I heard Joy's voice. I heard your voice. And y'all were talking about communion. And I thought, whoa, that sounds real spiritual. That sounds like, because Yolanda isn't necessarily very spiritual, but, you know, I don't know her. She may have a great walk with the Lord, but I don't, I, in the knowing of it, you know. So I just kind of put, I use this term honorably. I put it on a shelf, and then I would go back and think about it and go back and think about it, Lord. Well, that is the story of my communion story. I have another thing that happened. I was sitting at my desk in my bedroom. And I opened the blinds and I could see outside. And two or three days ago or so, maybe last Friday, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. But anyway, that front came through when we were going to have light showers. And the wind picked up. And this windmill in my backyard began to twirl the the blades on my windshield my windmill were catching the wind and and as it was going through and it would turn and it would go every which way and the lord spoke to me and he said just as that windmill those blades on that windmill are catching the wind and turning it it's different directions he said the enemy comes at you with thoughts and changes your direction and spins you alternate directions and I thought "Mm, shelf let me think on that that's good God then I heard a story about a mouse how God put all this together y'all are going to be amazed because they connect and this mouse is in a bucket Now, just think about it, a mouse in a bucket, and it's got about six or eight inches of water in it. 
this mouse is, now this is a scientific thing. This mouse can swim 25 minutes tread water before it goes under. But if you lift this mouse up and let it look outside the bucket and then put it back down in the water, it'll swim another 25 minutes. And the example that this was being given is that's what we do in our circumstances, the soup or the water of our circumstances. God tries to get us out of the bucket altogether, but he will lift us up where we can see something else, and then we'll go again. And he's really wanting us to throw a leg over that side of that bucket or knock the thing over. But what we do, because we've got snapping creatures just under the surface, they'll just pull us back down in that water. Do you see what I'm talking about? Circumstances, direct, we get pulled back down into the soup. And we are just trying to so hard sometimes with with everything to spin and, and, and to get out, to, to make our way in life. And we've just got enemies just right under the surface that will pull us back down because we haven't changed our thinking, because we haven't changed our thinking. And the Holy Spirit, we're so directed by circumstance and the winds that are blowing around us and every wind of doctrine that we can't, we aren't fixed where we catch only certain thoughts, those of the Holy Spirit. I saw the Holy Spirit blow through this sanctuary one day, and it was overturning those chairs. I, I had a vision, and it was it was strong, and it was blowing through, and I thought, what have I just seen? And, and it was kind of disturbing, but I saw it happen. Well, uh, our ears... Are shaped to catch the sound. The ears of our spirit, the ears of our, our heart are set to catch the right sound. But because of the fall of man, see, Adam didn't have that situation. Of, I mean, he was not treading water. He was walking in the glory of God. He wasn't treading water. But there was a dragon a snake in the garden, and it, he got pulled down. He got pulled down. But we have a Savior who dealt with that dragon, and it, it's a powerful thing that Jesus did. Now, that's a little bit of the windmill story. Uh, the Word says that you... Who keep him? And this is Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You who keep him, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And I want to put alone. And as but turning and twisting in our in our enemy's wind isn't God's desire for us at all. It's a it's a misuse of how He wants us to use our minds. It's a misuse of how He wants us to use our minds. When 
as I got this understanding a little more of the bucket thing and the mouse, I began to, to relate my own life to it. And what the Lord had told me when I had breast cancer, he says, do not, do not let it become preeminent. He meant in my mind, do not give it space. You see, these things that are in this bucket, in our circumstances, all of us have a bucket. All of us have circumstances in our lives that trip us up, that cause us to focus here and there and everywhere. And and we're full. We have fears, don't we? We have fears that come up. And Pastor tells us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of sickness. Don't fear it and all that. Well, it's don't fear it because you've given it strength when you fear it. Well, the devil, when he came to Adam, he was after the glory of God. He was after the he wanted to be he wanted to be glorified. He wanted to be honored and worshipped. He told Jesus, "Let's look. Uh, it's in uh, it's John, I believe. Let me get there because I'm kind of out of order here. Y'all don't y'all don't care though." Uh, The Lord doesn't care. Oh, John 5, 19. I would apologize, but I'm really just so... We get this. This is what matters. No, that's not it. Sorry. It's John 4. I'll just quote it. Hmm? Luke 4. No, that's not it either. I just wrote down the wrong thing. When Jesus, uh, when Satan had taken Jesus up on top of the, the mountains and he offered him uh, the uh, everything he could see, he said, if you will just... Fall down and worship me. That's what he was after. That's what he's after in you and me. That he, we would worship him. Well, when we fear something, it is bowing down and it is worship. It is worship. That's how we need to understand what we're doing when we submit to something. When we, when we honor it above our knowledge of God, we are worshiping it. That's what the devil's after. All the time that's what he's after. He's after receiving God's glory. That's why he tempted Jesus. That's why he took Jesus into the wilderness. And Jesus kept dealing with him from his position. He would not give Satan any worship. Well, that's the highest point of mankind is Jesus Christ, the man, Jesus Christ. Satan comes after us, and we get afraid 
to raise our kids. We fear uh, every little thing that comes along. We fear finances. We fear, we, we fear failure. We fear we're shy, so we're afraid of man. I had the spirit of fear of man so badly that I couldn't, I, sometimes I would just be paralyzed. I couldn't do what I'm doing now. It doesn't matter to me whether you think this is out of order or not. It really doesn't matter to me now. Praise God. Just so you understand what I'm saying is that we've got to get down to who we're worshiping. And what, what's important is that we rise above that water that's in that bucket, that we rise above and that we take these glimpses and we throw everything we've got to hold on to what God shows us by the Spirit of God because he's trying to get us out of that thinking, out of those circumstances so we can get on the edge of that and our ears can hear the wind of the Holy Spirit above the circumstances it's above that's what god lifted me up i was above i just asked for a job i I needed a part-time job and i just said it in a company of friends and they said come work for me and they're giving me what i asked for i get to work when i want to work i can be off when i want to be off i can work day i can work evening i can work upside down backwards it doesn't matter just so i come to work and i get to work as many hours as i want to per week now that that's in this realm we need to lift our thinking out of that bucket. If we feel financially strapped, then we ask God what to do about it. And we don't lean on our own understanding because the Holy Spirit, he has things to show us. We, we let him, we use the blades of our windmill to catch his what he wants us to have. We don't use them to catch the things that come from our bucket of circumstances. We've all got circumstances. Let God arise and let the enemies be scattered. We need to cast down imaginations and every fear that rises up for us to worship it. Because when we turn and start worshiping the fears, the things that dread, and let me give you a scripture. This is powerful, powerful. Uh, it's Isaiah eight thirteen. It says, "The Lord of hosts, Him you shall hallow. Let Him be your fear, and let Him be your dread. Let's honor Him." See, that's not—that's kind of wild. I hadn't thought of fear of God like that, but we need to fear Him. He's a consuming fire. He sent the Holy Spirit. Because his, Jesus went to, died, went to heaven and sent back the Holy Spirit so we can catch the wind of the Spirit in our sails. And we can sail over these circumstances out of the waters that, that, that have snapping things in us. And we recognize what those snapping things are. It's demonic principalities and powers and, high, and wickedness in high places that's demanding our attention and we don't have to give it to them. But you understand, I've got stage four cancer. Well, that was on the cross. Let me tell you what God told me about this. He said, you need to go look at communion again. And when I did, when I went and looked at communion again, this is what it says. Who in the day, this is Hebrews 5, 7. This is in the garden. We need to consider this too. 
when we're taking communion. We need to consider this. It says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, who Jesus was heard because of his godly fear. I never thought about Jesus being afraid before. Have you? He was afraid uh, unto God. He, this is reverence. This is worship. He was worshiping God. And this word's uh, supplications. Take the word sub, S-U-B, plus plications. It means to be folded down. We have people that go to the altar, and I'm so jealous because I can't get down like that. But they fold down, and I'm just jealous. I want to fold down before our God. Look, that's who we're supposed to be folding, knuckling down to is our God. And let fear, let it arise in us because that's godly. Jesus did it. We can fear God with a godly reverence that, that where we're awestruck of his goodness and his glory. We need to be awestruck, not cancer struck. We need to be awestruck with the majesty of our God that we serve, that we can hear the Holy Spirit. We can just hear him and we be lifted up. God wants to lift our thoughts high. And we aren't going to settle like Pastor Roy teaches us. We're not, we come behind in no good thing. We're above and not beneath. That's the above. Where the beneath is down here. Saints, let's get out of the bucket. Let's knock those buckets over. If I had a bucket here with balls in it, wouldn't that be fun? I could just kick it over right now. But anyway, that's what I wanted to have. We need to demonstrate the power that we've been given. We've got power to get out of the ditch. We've got power to get out of, of, of things. You see, I'm, I'm old. And... Uh, um, I'm old, and, and a lot of things come when you start aging. A lot of hits from our enemy come when you start aging. And you be healed in the spirit of your mind. You lift up your thinking. If you're not taking B12, you do it. Start taking B, vitamin B12. You start taking stuff that's good for you. I'm, I'm well, this just, you got it. <laughs> but B12 is good for you, saints. <laughs> It helps your mind. The enemy was, I was losing my memory. And I it was losing it fast and it scared me a lot because I had a stroke three years ago. And I, and dan, you know, I've been recovering, in recovery. But isn't it good? You see? See what happened? I'm being recovered. You see? I'm being recovered. I, my thinking isn't, isn't being sick. My thinking is getting out of the bucket. I'm working. I'm working 30, 22 hours a week. I am weighing massive trucks. I'm talking to farmers. I'm talking to deer hunters. I'm talking to little old women that feed chickens. I'm selling them corn by the truckload, by the basket load, by the bag, by the scoop. However they want to buy chicken feed, they can buy it. And I'll weigh it. But that's what God's got me doing. Well, don't laugh, saints. I teach a Bible study. I've done it for five years out there in that grain elevator. Well, God's got people now coming in. I'm introduced as the pastor. I'm introduced as, as Patty and Glenn's pastor. And I told her, I said, don't even do that. That's heavy on people. And she said, okay. Well, the Lord corrected me. He said, he said, you are their pastor. And so 
She invites people to Bible study. We had a man come to Bible study Thursday, and that man was so enthralled, and, and, and Patty put off her, her boss hat, and we get, went to the end of the, of the table, and I put on a pastor hat. And so my boss now is my, prince, my student and so on and so forth. But Al came. Al's wife used to be a priest. He's going to bring his wife tomorrow. And they're wanting to come here. See what God's doing? I got out of the bucket. I'm getting out of the bucket. And I'm not saying I'm out in 100%. There's still things that come and hit me in the night. I had pains in my body sometimes. But we've got prayer warriors around here. We've got people that will stand with us. We've got people that will walk by the Spirit with us. We've got people that will speak hope. We've got people that will lift your head. We've got people. And we need to be lifting up. Now, don't let two men try to help you put on this thing. Don't let, ladies, do not. I had it on, I had it on every which way this evening. It's quite embarrassing. <laughs> Poor Randy. <laughs> His face, you see how red his face is? (laughs) We became good brothers and sisters, didn't we? Yeah, we understand some things about each other that we haven't understood. Bless their hearts. I had it on upside down. It was in my eyebrow, you know. They They were just being helpful. Lordy, (laughs) this mouse in the water will die after 36 hours, regardless what it's glimpsed. This it will die. We're not mice. We're not mice. God's not tricking us or playing with us. We're not being tested by God. He just gives us his word, hoping that we will take hold and throw our leg over that bucket and get out of there. Stop thinking negative. I don't care if it's apple juice, orange juice, or the little cup of juice. Take communion more often than once a month. Take communion. Allow God to lift your thought life up. Allow God to help you get out of this bucket That's where we're headed. We're all out out of the bucket. We're all getting out of the bucket. This low life thinking, this circumstantial, because it's going to get bad. And if we cannot hear the Holy Spirit, if we're not praying in tongues, and if we're not listening when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we'll miss. We'll miss where to turn. You know, the disciples were told by the Spirit where to turn, what street to go on, where to bring the the foal. They, they They were... drawn through the catacombs where the meetings were going to be. Well, Chinese, the church, underground church in China, is being led by the Spirit of God now. They can't even come to the surface to get medical attention for coronavirus because they would be captured. Many of them are already in prison. They're not going to get the, they're not going to get the attention. We need to pray for the church in China. We need to pray for the church over the world. We need to begin to see ourselves connected. This message just isn't for us. I believe God somewhere has told somebody else about a bucket. I believe God told somebody else about communion and the value 
and the and the absolute awe that we should have that our God allows us to enter into that. I'm telling you, I've entered into something. I don't want to go back down in the soup. I want to I want to eat from the higher places. I want to enjoy the higher things that God wants to give me. And I'm, I want to be wise as serpent, gentle as a dove, but I want to fear God. He says, and do not fear those in Matthew 10, 28. It says, and do not fear those who kill the body but, and, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. That's who we need to be fearing, and that means we need to be reverent. We should not engage in sin. No, you know, sometimes you, you, you slip up. But we shouldn't have a habit of going to the dark side. We shouldn't have a habit of engaging with people who live in the dark side. We should speak to them. I heard this, uh, I heard this saying, you know, the term, what would Jesus do? Well, we know what Jesus would do. He would call sin, sin. But that isn't what, that, what Jesus would do. That isn't what they're saying. They're saying, be tolerant. Be gracious. Okay, we can be gracious, but you're sinning. I love you, but. And when we are silent around a homosexual and silent, not speaking what it is, it's really a hate message. It's hate. Because we don't want to be, feel uncomfortable. Isn't that something? We need to fear God. When we fear God, these other fears are going to have to bow their knee. We say, you bow your knee at the name of Jesus, and we're standing knee-deep in soup? I don't think so. we're We're playing. But when we are up on the edge of that bucket, and we say, bow your knee, guess what the devil's going to do? He's going to bow down. Because fearing God runs all the other fear off. All those other counterfeit gods off because you will have climbed up and you will have determined that you're not going to walk in sin anymore. You just are not going to risk having one day without this higher life in you, this higher thoughts in you. Even in the middle of the night when the enemy wakes you up, startles you awake, you can say, oh no, I can have pleasant sleep because I fear God. I fear God. When I had a stroke and my brain was doing crazy things and I couldn't, I was so afraid to lay down and go to sleep because when I closed my eyes, all I could see is red. And when I opened my eyes, I just see like I'm seeing right now. But if I closed my my eyes, it wouldn't be black like it is when you close your eyes. I would see red and I would see blue and I'd be so fascinated by all these incredible colors that I couldn't, I couldn't go to sleep. Three weeks I hadn't, couldn't go to sleep. And I said, God, I said, I, I'm just afraid. And he said, well, if you close your eyes and you die, I'm with you. And if you open your eyes and you stay awake, I'm with you. So I quit worrying about it. And then when I closed my eyes, there was darkness. He just was saying things to me. Isn't this incredible that he used a lady in Michigan in a dream to tell me to go back and look at communion? 
so I could figure out that Jesus was afraid? Isn't, but he feared God. He didn't fear anything else. He only did what he saw the Father doing. We can do the same. We can, we can, we can do the same. We can fear God to the point that we only hear, we're going to try to only hear, and if anything doesn't sound like the Word of God, we don't have to listen. We don't have to listen to anything else. We don't have to. I can't wait to talk to Yolanda. I, I called Georgia. I texted Georgia. I said, tell Yolanda I think she might want to listen to this tonight. So she's, she wants to listen. So she's going to hear this. That Her name is mentioned. But thanks, God wants us. Fear in him. I've never thought of God's fear, the fear of God, like I am now. I've never thought of, I knew it was, wasn't uh, like being scared. I knew it was awe, but I never saw it like I see it now. That we can choose it, choosing the fear of God. I don't know what time it is. Have I talked long enough? But God wants us speaking the truth to each other. Speaking the truth to each other in in love. We may know someone. Someone came to me the other day and they're very fearful about something that's going on in their body. And they're, they're just, you can feel the terror on them. And I told them, I said, I said I'm having some of those same issues of, of, of memory loss. And God, God showed me something. If you're having financial difficulties, marriage difficulties, whatever it is that can get you going and fearing your circumstances, just put it aside and just stand in the fear of God. Humble yourself. Bow yourself down and begin to tell God what you need. Begin to reverentially uh, uh, seek his face. Because if we seek his face, it says in, uh, in Acts 9.31, the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. See, they'd come to the fear of the Lord. And we know what great miracles were going on with these people. And in Proverbs 2, verse 1 through 5, it says, My son, if you receive my words... And treasure my commands within you so that you will incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. We need to seek the treasure that God has for us. The treasures of this world don't even compare. Don't even compare with how I felt when I heard from God to look again at communion because a lady in Michigan 
had had a dream. How God does things is mysterious and wonderful. We need to be in awe of a God that can do that. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. And we need to... I just want to sit and talk to him and let him show me things. There's such a a difference in my heart. This... Cancer has no place in us. It's, it, God's word says so. Why do we give it any credence? All it can do is kill the body. It can't kill your soul. It doesn't have a right to our bodies either because of what Jesus did. It doesn't have a right. And we don't have to worship it and give it a right. See? God, God's made a way out of the bucket. He's made a way, and his name is Jesus. But we need to follow like Jesus followed. He, didn't, he did not listen. He did not follow. He only did what he saw the Father doing. And we need to only, if we don't know what the Father's doing, we need to ask, what, what would you do about this? What would you do? And he will gladly tell you because you're seeking him as treasure. You're seeking to know him. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread, not anything else. I love y'all. Let me, I want to pray for you. If anyone is really having problems with fear, really having problems with uh, just fears, uh, I'd like to pray for you. And I'll just pray for everybody right now because everybody's got situations and, and soup. Okay? We've all got soup. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for showing me who Jesus, better who Jesus was, and how he, how he heard from you only. Uh, his humility before you, Lord, that he wouldn't let anything get between you and him. He wouldn't let anything. And I pray that for me, Father. I pray that for everyone here. We won't let anything get between us and you. That we desire above all things to let the ears, the wind of the Spirit catch in our windmills and turn us whichever way that you see fit to turn us and that we'll obey without question and only do what we're led by the Spirit to do. You say in Romans 8, 14 that those who are led... By the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And I pray, Father, to walk with you as a son. I pray that you would be my dread and that you would be my fear in the Jesus' name. I pray that for everyone here in that sickness, you no longer going to be worshipped. Sickness, you bow your knee at the name of Jesus in this place. Fear, we command you to bow your knee. Fear of financial failure. We bind you up. We bind you up. You will not exalt yourself in Jesus' name. And fear of aging, we bind you up in this place. We've got a lot of older people in this place, and we bind you up. We bind you up. Because we're going to walk in the fear of God in this place. In Jesus' name. Let it be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Bye-bye.